Hey everyone, welcome to Hit The Apex Podcast this week, it's Juwad as always, and thank you for joining me. Big week this week, we've got the Bathurst 1000 on, and primarily this will be kind of like a Bathurst preview video, but it's difficult to... Um, go into the episode without, first of all, paying tribute to uh, Sir Frank Williams, who passed away early this week, aged 79, the legend, the trailblazer of Formula One, who will be mourned by, or is being mourned by, not just Formula One fans and personnel, but the motorsport world in general. He was a true legend, um, you know, one of the last true independent successes in F1 as well. When you look at the record that his team has accomplished, seven um, World Drivers' Championships, nine Constructors' World Championships. Of course, they haven't had that success that they had in the 90s, which, you know, stands as one of their most successful periods in the sport. Um, his, despite that spinal cord injury that saw him wheelchair bound from 1986 onwards, he was, you know, stronger than ever after that, you know, his legendary partnership with Sir Patrick Head as well for many years at the Williams team, his wife Ginny as well, who passed away in 2013, and then also daughter Claire Williams as well, who was deputy team principal up until last year when the team sold, um... The family sold the team to Doralton Capital um, to secure the future and whatnot. So, yeah, very sad. We're very heavy-hearted, of course. You know, we we understand, or people understand that, you know, Sir Frank was ill for quite some time and he did have a bit of a pneumonia scare a few years ago as well. But, you know, sadly, the legend is no longer with us in person. So, rest in peace, Sir Frank. Um, It's... Important to see as well that the Williams name lives on now under the ownership of Doralton Capital and also Jost Capito, who was appointed CEO this year. His new team that he's trying to, you know, work with to bring Williams back into the the front of Grand Prix racing. Um, as long as that Williams name remains on the grid, I'm sure the legacy will live long and proud and yeah, adapting to what the future holds for F1. You know, Frank was such a, um, let's say staunch operator, you know, very much, uh, caught up in his own ways and perhaps at times it was to the detriment of the team, you know, in this modern era, but we're glad that we still have this legacy and the legend that, you know, the Williams team um, achieved through its time in Formula One, dating back to late 70s, the 80s, 90s, and even times throughout the early to early to mid 2000s, even though the decline did start then. Um, immortalized, of course, as well, the team's legacy in the 2016 documentary film, a must watch if you haven't already um, really going into the uh, nitty-gritty of the family and the legend and everything and how, you know, it's it's changed um, F1, you know, given that we have these manufacturer teams having dominated the sport for, for many years, Ferrari, McLaren, Mercedes, and, you know, Red Bull to a point as well with the, with the money that they bring. So yeah, Williams truly stands alone and it's quite, quite devastating to, to have lost such a titan of the sport. So 
hopefully, yeah, you know, the Williams team itself will be able to pick itself up um, in years to come. And we've seen that, you know, the last two years with the performances from George Russell, you know, a personal highlight, you know, I think in the last decade for me was uh, the win for Williams there at the Spanish Grand Prix in 2012 with Pastor Maldonado, who would have thought that that would have happened, and it was good to see that um, Sir Frank was there to witness that as well, and then of course the form that they had in the early um, part of the hybrid era as well from 2014, finishing third in the Constructors' Championship, which was their highest finish in the Constructors for quite a while, and also that was the last time that they had that sort of success, so... Yeah, on a on a somber note to start this podcast, I'm sure a lot of you guys will feel the same way. Um, hope everyone is well this week. Of course, we're heading into the final two Grand Prix of the season in Formula One. Um, start, starting off with the Saudi Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, first time we're going there. Won't talk too much about the race itself. Um, it is a bit of a uh, touchy subject I know with with a lot of people and I feel the same way too and just respectfully I think I will refrain from wanting to go into it's it's so great and all this and it's going to be the fastest blah 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 you know let's keep it away from that I'll talk a little bit about you know the title permutations and whatnot but yeah I just want to um stand in solidarity or you know try my best to you know I know people are people have said um, that they will not watch the weekend altogether or refrain from being involved in it in in some ways so I totally respect where you guys are coming from and I will do my best to um, do that as well even though yeah got the got a race to cover for live blogging and all that anyway Bathurst Bathurst 1000, the final race of this season in supercars. In some ways, it has been quite a long season, you know, given the fact that we did start early in the year in March, um, or last weekend of February, I should say, um, and here we are, first weekend of December, can you believe it, we're in December already, it's it's kind of shocking, um, You f- people forget, you know, we had three months where there was no racing, you know, between July and the end of November, or I should say start of November, when we had the four consecutive weekends at Sydney Motorsport Park, but at last, the great race is upon us. We have this festival of racing as well. It's been going on since the start of this week, of course. Um, supercars coming together with ARG and the Challenge Bathurst event that was normally meant to take part at this time of the year um, with all these amazing categories, S5000, the TCR Championship, of course, which was wrapped up by Chaz Mostert yesterday. So congratulations to Chazzy for winning the TCR title. You know, hopefully some more success to come for him. This weekend at the um, Bathurst 1000, of course, um, I was watching the GT World Challenge Australia today as well, earlier, the first race, of course, a bit of controversy in there, um, but Yasser Shahin and Christopher Meese, the GT ace for Audi, taking the win there at the end, and of course, Yasser Shahin wrapping up the title in GT World Challenge Australia, so 
Many congrats to him and his uh, buddies at the Men Motorsport Park. Of course, have spoken quite a bit about them in the past and some of their some of their dealings off track and whatnot. But we'll stick to the on track stuff for this one. Um, and just exciting to see uh, GT3 cars tackling Bathurst again, having missed the Bathurst 12 hour this year. Um, looking forward to getting back there in late February next year if that race does go ahead and everything. It sounds like it will now, even though the Kialami um endurance race that they were supposed to have to conclude the intercontinental gt challenge this year has been postponed till february next year so the 2021 gt world challenge um intercontinental gt world challenge will um conclude in february next year and then the new season will commence as well at the Bathurst 12 hour at the end of February. So yeah, a lot, a lot of endurance racing have already gone off track there, but, um, coming back to Bathurst. Yeah. It's nice to have all these categories to, um, uh, build up to the great race of course truly makes it a great race of course first event that we've got um, the race consortium in charge of supercars as well having done the completed the takeover and of course you know the ARG does come under the umbrella as well so good to see them pulling together and truly making it a spectacle for the fans of sure that you know motorsport fans in Australia have been starved of some racing all year and you know whoever does get to make it over to Mount Panorama this weekend um good on you guys and hope you can enjoy it the weather looks pretty amazing so far so some key details then about this year's race of course it's going to be the latest ever start to the 1000 starting at quarter past 12 in the afternoon eastern standard time um weather is partly cloudy at the moment as well for sunday uh, we know that weather does impact the great race on many occasions but you know it does get quite dry up there too out in um past the blue mountains and in that part of new south wales so you know having been there so many times and seeing you know it at its hottest you know 40 degree plus temperatures i don't think we're going to get that this weekend but um yeah if it if it stays a dry race then you know it, it might not be as entertaining if there was wet race but you know there's still a lot that can happen um 161 laps of course across a thousand kilometers your pole position is determined by a top 10 shootout so friday we'll see um or tomorrow we will see a qualifying session regular qualifying to determine positions 11 through to 25 or 26 i believe um entries this weekend i can confirm with you that right now it is indeed 25 because we do have a wild card entry of um Brock Feeney and Russell Ingle this weekend from Triple Eight uh, for with the super cheap auto backing too. So, and then positions ten through to one will be determined on Saturday afternoon at five p.m. when they do the top ten shootout. So, one of the best qualifying sessions of the year, I think, is the Bathurst top ten shootout. One lap, one shot you get of getting the best lap you can around Mount Panorama, six point two kilometers of just epic racetrack and who wouldn't like that I think you know that's why I've always harped on about how they should give it a go in F1 try the one lap shootout then like with any endurance race you know it's very much a team sport of course with um, co-drivers and of course the pit lane as well and the engineering teams doing the strategy calls and then the pit crews executing the pit stops and of course there is a seven um, stop minimum 
for this race, you've got to have seven compulsory pit stops, um, which, you know, if there wasn't that limit, I'm sure that they would do much less pit stops. But given that you've got a, um, a fuel target to hit as well, there's always the possibility of safety cars, even if, you know, in recent years, we've seen races where you might get to about lap 100 um, or two thirds of the way through the race before we even have a safety car. It's um, still a possibility that could ch- it, that could change the face of the race. Um, as we've seen on many occasions, so, you know, always keep an eye out for that, I'm sure there'll be some kind of bingo game having been come up with that people will have, obviously have some fun with during the day, and that's what importantly is, you know, when you get to race day and you're watching the 1000, is just having fun, you know, I get to just sit there, last year I did a live blog for it, which was an you know, great experience, of course, you know, sitting in front of the computer all day and doing the lap-by-lap commentary thing, um, you know, but it's just nice to sit down, relax, you know, you can do other things in between, it's almost like watching watching a test match, cricket test match or whatever, but um, probably more exciting in, in some respects, um, and yeah, just, just see the laps tick over and you know once you get to that final stint or whatever, the final shootout at the end of the race, you know, if you've got, you know, two, three, four, five cars in contention, you know, it's always a um, exciting prospect like we did see last year with Cameron Waters chasing after Shane Van Gisbergen, but unfortunately unable to get the job done. So big question, can Van Gisbergen and Garth Tander go back to back this year? Um, obviously a great year for Van Gisbergen in the championship. He's wrapped that up so they won't have any pressure for um, winning the championship here or or even the team's championship, which of course has gone to Triple Eight, uh, Red Bull, and Pool Racing. Um, so they can very much fight for the win, as will all the other teams up and down. Uh, pit lane and driver combinations too so they kind of have nothing to lose in terms of championship standings I'm sure there's some teams that are still fighting for for positions in the team standings and drivers as well but it kind of pales in comparison to winning this race so they'll all they'll go all out as well Special tribute to as well for in the Red Bull team of course we see the 97 entry switch to triple eight of course so that's because the Jamie Wincup and Craig Lowndes uh, 88 entry will keep the number 88, of course, as a tribute to Wincup, whose final um, race this will be as a primary driver in the Supercars Championship. So he's going into retirement and, of course, taking up the management uh, role, managing director role of Triple Eight stepping into Roland Dane's shoes. And then, um, you know, for... For the Triple Eight organization itself, you know, they've always had the number Triple Eight on the grid at Bathurst for the last 20 years, so they want to keep up that tradition. So they will park the 97 on the Van Gisbergen Tander car and let them run the Triple Eight. So it'll be quite special, of course. You know, there's always some kind of narrative, um, no matter what team it is and story that they can um, kind of weave throughout the weekend but you know for those guys it will be quite special of course with the departure of Roland Dane and Wincup as well as a primary driver and it would be nice of course to see Wincup and Lowndes win um Wincup still chasing that fifth win having not won one since 2012 and having had all sorts of dramas over the years 2013 of course 
being beaten by uh, Mark Winterbottom right at the end there, then running out of fuel the following year um, when Chas Mostert won, starting last on the grid. 2015, I think there was a safety car drama as well, passing the safety car um, with the lights on, got a penalty. 2016, there was the coming together with uh, Garth Tander and Scott McLaughlin taking them out as well. Um, so he's had all sorts of problems. And then, yeah, there was another penalty that he got in um, 2017, I'm pretty sure, as well. I, I can't even remember now. It's it's just been so much chaos for him in the last, you know, since, yeah, his last win, which is almost 10 years ago, too. Um, last year, though, what happened is he crashed out quite early um, while fighting Brody Kostecki there at Erebus um, early in the race and came a cropper at the cutting. So not a good... Uh, day for them last year but this year who knows could be the day could be the race for them to win we know both of their cars um, at Red Bull are quite handy they've been handy all season at the variety of circuits we've been to so and everyone grows an extra leg at Bathurst too and for Lowndes as well you know chasing what is eighth win now at um, the 1000 so you know getting ever so close to Peter Brock's um, record of nine and whether he'll get to go racing again at um, the Bathurst 1000 next year remains to be seen he's hoping that he could do some kind of a wild card just to be able to keep um, edging towards that record of the king of the mountain other hopefuls of course that i'm looking towards this weekend more me personally of course is the Chas mostert and lee holdsworth entry for walkinshaw and dreddy united cam waters and james moffat together at tickford so moffat you know obviously moving between cars over the last few years at tickford so he's probably in the best one that could go for the win this year so that would be great for um old jimmy there anton de pasquale and uh tony d'alberto so of course de pasquale finding pace you know over the four weekends at sydney motorsport park and then even the erebus guys too so you know some people saying will brown and jack perkins and are an outside chance for that jack perkins of course having raced for Holden Racing Team for quite a few years and finished on the podium with James Courtney a few years ago as well um, for Walkinshaw and Dreddy United. Um, how good would it be for him to win the great race, of course, following his father's footsteps there in Larry Perkins and for Will Brown too, who broke through for his first um, supercars win there at Sydney Motorsport Park. Brody Kostecki as well there with David Russell this year. So that's a really good combination to look out for as well. Um, and I said, we, as I said before, we've got the wildcard combination too of um, Brock Feeney and Russell Ingle. So the enforcer coming out of retirement to have a crack this year too. So sadly as well, we were supposed to have a second um, wildcard from New Zealand there with Richie Stanaway and and Greg Murphy, but sadly because of border restrictions and travel restrictions and whatnot, that hasn't been able to materialise. Although Erebus, who were supposed to run that um, Boost Mobile entry, has uh, still brought the car with them. So saw, saw a few photos of the livery, looks absolutely stunning, and just would have been nice to see uh, Stanaway come out of um, exile, as it were, to have another crack there at supercars. Personally, I've always felt that he's been hard done by, um, even if 
people want to say that he's got attitude problems and all that, but, you know, he, he had it pretty tough, and he did well, you know, in all the other categories that he's done worldwide, whether it was um, GB2, now F2, um, and the World Endurance Championship as well there with Aston Martin, so I'd like to see Richie return to the supercars grid one day, or just do some form of racing it would be great to see big fan of his and Greg Murphy too I mean if we've got Russell Ingle there you know it'd be nice to see old Murph come back to the um four-time Bathurst 1000 champion in Murphy so yeah the their wildcard car is not the only car that will be on display either this weekend they've got the gen 3 cars making their first public appearance for fans to see and interact as well so obviously a lot of talk about gen 3 this year and how it's been pushed back now to 2023 so it will be nice I think for fans to get a up close and personal look at what they're going to look like and what the future of supercars is going to be good to hear as well that DJR has become the first carbon neutral squad in supercars too so you know a bit about the future with those guys if that's going to be the direction which you know race teams worldwide will go it's good to see that DJR has taken the first step in terms of supercars as well because yeah you know supercars does get a bit of a rap of being the dinosaur amongst the crowd or whatever so yeah it's it's nice to see them do that like I said last week as well it was it would be nice that's what I said you know in past tense it would be nice you know once we had the first practice session run and done here on the Thursday to have a bit of a form guide if it even is a form guide you could say but I've got some results for you either way so good to see Cam Waters top the session um 0.08 clear of Chaz Mostert so two guys you expect or two teams you expect to be up at the pointy end all weekend with their practice and qualifying times um Will Davison third fastest of course pairing up with his brother again so you know with the DJR team uh, there would be quite a quite a bit of a um positive uproar if the uh, Davison brothers were to win James Courtney up there too and Mark Winterbottom as well and that's another underrated entry that you know I always um, root for as well every year for Bathurst is the Irwin Racing Team 18 um, Mark Winterbottom car of course he's paired up with Michael Caruso this year so Caruso a seasoned peddler as well so they would be an underrated entry to keep an eye out on. Tim Slade, two and six. He's pair, pairing up with Tim Blanchard, of course, the owner of the Cool Drive Racing Team. And they were quick here earlier in the year when they had the Mount Panorama 500. So keep an eye on them too. Van Gisbergen was only seventh in that first session. So they were still trying to chase setup and all that. So, you know, expect them to um, go up the pointing end of the grid when it comes to the serious end of the weekend and qualifying as well. Um, Nick Perkat, who's pairing up with Dale Wood this weekend too um, for BJR, his final race for Brad Jones Racing too, so can they actually break their Bathurst hoodoo in, in a way because um, Brad Jones Racing has had an awful time at Bathurst in the last few years and last year I think all four of their cars during the race were involved in some kind of drama and we already saw um, in that first session Macaulay Jones having a power steering failure and then um, having to spend quite a bit of the session in pit lane and then he's only 
you know, his best time at the end of the day or at the end of that session was two and a half seconds off the fastest car down in 23rd. So not a great start for them there, but Nick Perkat there is in the top 10. And then we find, you know, the Erebus guys and Win Cup and David Reynolds as well for uh, Kelly Grove Racing. And also important to note that it's the final weekend for the Kelly family as well in supercars. So that squad, of course, transitioning over to Grove Racing next year. So a lot of storylines, as I say, is what Bathurst is comprised of. There's always going to be a winner and a loser. You know, there's always going to be a um, a you know fairy tale story and a, a story of hard luck, or many stories of hard luck, really. And that's, I think, the magic of this race. I really like it. You know, call me corny. I know <laughs> my partner agrees I'm pretty corny <laughs> as it is, but yeah, it's just. Um, probably one of those races that just has its own aura about it you know it's it's kind of a standalone even though we have the whole season a few people I've been talking to during the week have been saying yeah you know it'd be great to have Bathurst or the Bathurst 1000 as the final race of the season regardless every year I personally still think you know it would be great to have the Enduro Cup back one day but I'm not sure if that's going to happen um as early as next year we still don't even have a calendar for for supercars next year so we'll see um how soon that that's going to rectify itself and we get uh, an idea of what the season's going to look like next year the only dates I think we have been given is the obviously the season opener in Newcastle, the Grand Prix support round uh in April and then of course um the Darwin Triple Crown as well, which uh, they've got the Australian Superbikes, I think, supporting them as well. So, of course, you know, there's there's a lot of um, a lot of things to tie up with that. So, very exciting indeed. Um, predictions, gee, <laughs> it's really hard to predict um, Bathurst because you you never know, like qualifying. There's at least three or four cars that I would put my pick on for pole position. It all depends on if they make it out of the Friday qualifying and get into the top 10 shootout. You know, Mostert would be one who would be, I'd say, yeah, would be a pick. But, you know, we've seen on qualifying form this year, De Pasquale, Van Gisbergen, they've been the two benchmark guys. Cam Waters as well, given how quick he was last year, I'd pick, put them in. So maybe De Pasquale for pole this year in the top 10 shootout, of course, um, as long as they, they, they're using a legit engine, not like 2019. We don't need any of those dramas again for that squad. And then the race, yeah, the race is one that's so difficult to predict and, you know, odds on... Um, you know, you got to go behind one of the Triple Eight cars, of course. But you know, for me personally, I would love to see uh, Mostert Holdsworth win, or even uh, Winterbottom Caruso. That's a bit of an underrated lineup there for for the win. But you know, you never know. We might get a fairy tale. We might see. Let's see up and down the grid. Who's a, who's a random combination that could win this one? Maybe Scott Pyre, James Golding there at uh, the DeWalt team, Team 18. Um, excited as well to see Matt Campbell there with Andre Heimgartner, of course. Matt Campbell, winner of the Bathurst 12-hour in 2019 for Porsche, and he's been off doing... Um, the World Endurance Championship this year, so good to see him back in Australia, um, and originally it was supposed to be Earl Bamber jumping in that car, but Matt Campbell um, being called up at the last minute too, um, the Kostecki brothers as well, um, Jake and Kurt, they're obviously together too, so it's not just the Davison brothers who 
will be contesting this one. And yeah, like I said, Will Brown and Jack Perkins, that might be a special combination to, to win too. But at the end of the day, whoever wins, wins. You know, it's it's that whole narrative. It's that excitement. It's 161 laps of just great racing, festival atmosphere. And, you know, do yourself a favor. If you haven't watched one before, watch it, watch part of it or whatever, you know, even if it's the end of it or some kind of replay, if it's um, not in a friendly time zone for you, because I'm sure you'll enjoy it. You know, it's where you switch it on, forget about everything else going on in the world, all the other issues and stuff. Just, just pure racing bliss. I think, you know, that's what, what it's all about. Um, with the Bathurst 1000 so yeah let's um, wait and see what happens and of course next week I will be able to wrap it all up for you so stay tuned guys um, heading into the final part of this episode then is talking about F1 just just briefly of course so a bit of news obviously in the week with uh, Barcelona securing its spot on the calendar till 2026 as well so um it remains to be seen whether we're going to see some more competitive racing um, at the Spanish Grand Prix with those new cars next year. Will they be able to do more overtaking? Of course, uh, the last few years has been a bit processional here, there at the Circuit de Barcelona, Catalunya. Very good circuit for motorcycle racing and for F1 testing, but just hasn't thrown up a really exciting race at all in the last few years. So um, I think 2016 was the last one that was really, really good when um, both the Mercedes crashed on the opening lap. So hopefully with the new cars, it will make a bit of a difference. If not, then yeah, you know, like, I mean, I'm surprised that we still have the Spanish Grand Prix with us, given that there was some kind of trouble um, some years ago, and it was very looking very likely that it wasn't going to stay on the calendar. So yeah, and given the fact that we've got 23 races next year, it is a bit of a fight for everyone to try and stay on the calendar. Um, looking at the points as well between all our title protagonists, it's eight points between Max and Lewis, five points between Mercedes and Red Bull with the two races to go. Um, this is the first race, of course, between the two main protagonists that, you know, the title can be won. So Max can secure the title with a win and faster slap if Lewis finishes sixth or lower. It would require a miracle for that to happen, but I'm sure everyone is hoping that it does indeed go down to the wire at um Yas Marina in a week's time and then you know I guess it's um that's it for, for Formula One in 2021 it's been such a fascinating season other than that um not much else to report that's that's it for this week uh, short episode sweet episode a bit of a somber episode too in many respects with Sir Frank Williams but you know um hopefully the Williams team will race on in his memory and do some good things to come in the future other than that guys thanks for tuning in take care be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at hit the apex media keep up with all things that um is this podcast um I do frequent on the F1 Chronicles Grid Talk show as well. I've got the links in the description, so be sure to check them out whenever. They're great uh, bunch of people and um, great podcast, uh, great podcast as well. Sorry. Um, so other than that, thank you, and I will be back next week to do the review for the Saudi Arabian GP and the Bathurst 1000. Until then, ciao.